Welcome back <laughs> to Puck Off. Yeah. Episode two of the new episode two. I'm Andrew Johnson. That's Chris Noshik. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing well. Uh, a little bit of an impromptu episode. We've had a lot more go down since the last time we were behind the mic. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we were going to push some of it off, but then we had some trades go down and, you know, some decisions by the league. And uh, we figured we'd throw a short one out there for you. Uh, mm-hmm. But again, we'll be doing the live live stream for the first round of the draft on Wednesday, the 28th. So mm-hmm. definitely check that out. Mark that on your fucking calendars, guys. We've we've got some we got some good stuff. We're going to get some good stuff up out there. Absolutely. But first, how, where do you want to start? Let's start with the Hall of Fame. Let's go sequentially a little bit here. The Hall of Fame inductees came down. Obviously, the big name, Henrik Lundqvist, finally getting in. I know you had a uh, an opinion that uh, once you saw Lundqvist's name that he's in there, someone else should be getting in. Tuka Rask is in there if Henrik Lundqvist is in there. I mean, well, just say that. More. Pl- <laughs> this is going to piss off some people, but more playoff hey, that's success. that's what we do here. They can puck off. Yes, exactly. More playoff success. Uh a even though not as longevity not as much longevity more playoff success more regular season a lot of regular season success in addition to having better playoff success um you can't use the cup argument anymore i don't think what do you think about that i when it comes to the hall of fame i have two very strong feelings one i think we're a little too loose as it is for, oh, for yeah. more Hall of Fames. Hall of, because, Hall of Very Good right now. Exactly. We, we make it very much the Hall of Very Good. Um, so my personal opinion is that we have to tighten the rope a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or you just have to let everybody who qualifies in and call it the Hall of Very Good. Um, mm-hmm. Like Henrik Lundqvist, Tuka Rask, while they didn't have the playoff success as someone like a Patrick Waugh or Martin Brodeur or someone like that, they were still... One, they both played for very long periods of time. They both played well over 15 seasons. And for the duration of their careers, they were consistently a top five goaltender in the league. Agree? Agree. Maybe one year they had a dip or, you know, where they were still still, still top half, still, still top 15. But until you were consistently, like, no one, none of them are Brian Elliott. You're not dipping <laughs> as low as Brian Elliott is here. And, and Brian Elliott's a solid goaltender. You know, he could very Yeah, that's no disrespect to Brian Elliott, but right. Brian, Brian Elliott's been around for a long time. And, yeah. He's that he's talented. It's just these are the guys that at the end of the season, when you're sitting there going, all right, let's book out our top 10. They are always there every year. They may be at one. They may be at three, five, seven, somewhere in that range but they're constantly in that top 10 list and Mm -hmm. to hold that kind of talent for over 15 years at that position. Yes. You're a hall of famer, regardless of what your success in the playoffs is, because it's not a regular season award or it's not a playoff award. It's a career reward. Mm -hmm. And you know, someone like Mike Vernon, Tom Barrasso, other guys who made it in this year, their peaks may have been higher, and that one push them over. They won yep. cups. Yeah. And so, but they carried teams to cups. Mm-hmm. Like they were Martin Brodeur esque for that year to carry them to a cup. And their their peak of being the top one, two, three goaltender, four goaltender in the league may have been for a shorter period of time, 
but they didn't dip below three for five straight years. Mm -hmm. And so you have to look at it over the whole body of work. And obviously back then, you know, they are less likely to retain a top five spot when they're competing against, you know, Martin Brodeur, Patrick Waugh, you know, other elite goaltenders of the day who were mm -hmm. constantly winning cups. Does this, does a guy, awards. does a guy like Chris Osgood get in then three cups? He should. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and it's a little bit, even though he was never really in that upper echelon, he was the starting goaltender for, for stacked to Detroit teams. Yeah. But, but he still was there. Like, you know what I mean? Like he still did his job well enough that they won those three cups. It's mm -hmm. kind of the, it, I put Chris Osgood very on par with Corey Crawford. I was just about to, I was just about to ask, what do you think of it? Where, that, that's, Corey Crawford and Chris Osgood are very similar in that way. The numbers aren't as elite as they should be, but the success is there. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, yeah, they lucked out a little bit because Patrick Kane, first ballot hall of famer, Jonathan Taves, first ballot hall of famer, you know, Sergei Fedorov hall of famer. Like, yes, they played with other hall of fame talent, but they didn't fuck it up either. <laughs> yeah. Trent Dilfer. Right. I, hey, Trent Dilfer. Trent Dilfer's not a Hall of Famer by any stretch, but he's got but a Trent ring. Dilfer won a, but Trent Dilfer won a cup. so He won his ring, yeah. He's yep. got his ring, and, you know, it, that, it's the same. Oh, Peyton Manning's got two. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he's got a ring and a Von Miller. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's got a ring and a Von Miller. So, yeah. I Did you have any problem with the uh, with the induction class? Obviously, Ken Hitchcock getting in, Pierre LaCroix getting in. Uh, mm -hmm. Both in the builders category, Carolyn Allett getting in, um, Pierre uh, Turgeon also getting in. I want to make sure I mention everybody who gets in. Um, yeah. uh, Carolyn Allett, Carolyn Allett. Um, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that, uh, I, and mention the fact that um, five Olympic gold medal games, five and zero oh in the Olympics. Yeah, that's absolutely fucking insane. So. Put yeah, I have no problem with who got in. Um, I know that there is a lot of um scuttlebutt right now among one player in particular that conti that's continuously snubbed and it may be political in nature right now. Uh, Alex McGillney, yes, mm -hmm. that one's a very interesting one. How mm -hmm. much of the political environment do you think really plays into that, at least right now? Because if it was very political, uh, that's more recent. So mm -hmm. why wasn't he in already? Right. Um, that is a good question. Um, McGilney was very prickly with the media, which sometimes, sometimes that can prevent you from getting in. Is that if you if you don't play nice with the with the writers? I mean, I would use that as a credit to them because sometimes I the absolutely would. <laughs> the media deserves it. I just definitely a guy who on paper should already be in. My question is, why isn't he? Because it, it, it's one of those things where it's like, if it was political, if you want to use the whole everything with Russia, well, what are you going to try and do? Convince me that he supports Russia? The guy was the first defector from the country. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like he, he, he was the first defector from the country, but it's also, it, 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 I, I would be, I would be remiss if I didn't point out. He also has done, you know, charity events with next to Vladimir Putin, which may, Right, but at the same time, pretty much a, a lot of famous people have because it also means that they're not, you know, getting in trouble with him instead. So right. 
it's a catch 22 for that. But I mean, the guy defected Mm -hmm. the first, the first, like that whole process alone should get his, it paved ways for all the other Russian players to come over. Uh, I do agree. Um, I know that there are going to be some people uh, listening who don't agree and they have, they have their reasons and they're valid reasons. But I think that if we're, if we're going on strictly on hockey acumen for McGillney, I believe he should be in and he should have been in years ago just yeah. for just for just for what he did and what he did for the sport, what, what he did for the sport and what he did for a co- an entire country at large. Exactly. Like he paved the exactly. way for a lot without of greats to come through. And we don't without him, we don't have guys like Alex Ovechkin, Sergei Fedorov. We don't have, um, you know, um, who's the kid coming up this year in the draft Mitch cough, you know, like yes, we don't, exactly. have, um, um, crap. What's his name in Minnesota? Kaprizov. Yeah. Kirill Kaprizov. Yep. Kaprizov. Like there's just so many Russian talented players. Pavel Datsuk. Imagine mm-hmm. a league that didn't have Pavel Datsuk. It just wouldn't be the same. Yeah. That contract sitting in Arizona. I mean, the player in Detroit that he was. <laughs> right just it's it's a very prickly situation right now especially considering the um uh what's been happening over there in the last 48 hours (laughs) where there may or may not be a coup happening right now (laughs) doesn't sound like it but you never know that could that's a a bomb that can implode any second um right exactly but with the hall of fame next year now you guys got guys like brayden colburn David Backus is eligible next year. Can you believe that? If I liked David Backus, if he gets in, then that that'll that'll crystallize your hall of very good argument. I will say that. Right. You see Jokinen, Pavel Datsuk. Speaking of him, he uh, get he, he should get in. He should oh, get absolutely. in. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. What about Patrick Marlowe? I believe he gets in because of his Iron Man streak. Do you consider him a Hall of Famer, though? Aside from the, because that's his claim to fame right now is his Iron Man streak, mm-hmm. and like I, I he epitomizes the Hall of Very Good, as does Joe Thornton. Well, by the way, here's a here's ooh 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 that's that might be a oh mm. I think Joe Thornton is better than Patrick Marlowe ever was. Yes, um, I agree, but they and... epitomize the Hall of Very Good. I don't think, but here's the thing. I don't think Joe Thornton's a first ballot Hall of Famer, but I think he's a Hall of Famer. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. I think he's a Hall of Famer, but I don't think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I have a rule with this sort of thing. Um, if you have to think about it, the answer is no. It's the same thing with jersey with jersey number retirement. Exactly. I lo- if you have to think about point. it, the answer is no. So uh, I'll 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 tie it back to. Um, does David Krejci get his number in the rafters? You had to think about it. The answer is no. I think he will, though. See, the the reason why I think about it is because I I look at it from terms of how do I feel about it versus how do I think the team feels about it. Mm -hmm. And I think I think the team looks at him as someone who was as important to this run as Patrice Bergeron. Mm -hmm. And so Bergeron goes up like it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you know, Chara goes up there. Mm -hmm. You know, Bergeron goes up there. Mm -hmm. If Bergeron goes up there, then you kind of have to put Krejci and Marshan up there because they're they're on the same par other than the fact that – because they both wore letters on their jersey too. The only reason why they weren't wearing a C is because the C was taken by somebody. 
Mm-hmm. And with that argument, you're going to sit there and be like, well, Bergeron only wore it for three seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, like <laughs> he was a fill-in captain. No, not really, because Charo no. was there for so damn long, you know. But to your point, if you have to think about it, the answer is probably no. Mm-hmm. And that's why I sit there and I go, if you look at some of these eligible names, Miku Koivu. No. Patrick Marlowe. You had to think but, about uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... So that's what I know. I'd say no, but I, but I, but, and then I say Pavel Datsuk. Yes. Boom. Pecorine. You put it this way. If Lundquist is in, why isn't Rene? Mm -hmm. Yep. No, see, Lundquist kind of opens the door to those Hall of Very Good ones. Pecorine is Pecorine. What? Ryan Miller. No. But see, if Pecorine and Henrik Lundqvist go in, why not Ryan Miller? He has a lot of yeah, Olympics. Yeah, no, it, 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 it becomes it, – it, Lundqvist going in there kind of makes the argument murky. Exactly. Yeah. He was – you know, he was doomed in the in the um, Sabres organization. You know, pretty solid goals against average for his career. And let's not forget that, you know, he was behind Dominic Hoshik for a little while. Mm-hmm. He, you know, like he was the next guy. He was trying to live up to the dominator in mm-hmm. Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And he did a very, very damn good job. And he had a lot of Olympic success as well. Mm-hmm. Like all things considered. And then and like, Elon Lucic ruined his life. <laughs> right. But then if, cause again, if Pecorine is in, if Henrik Lundqvist is in, what's the argument against Ryan Miller at that point? There is really, I mean, there really isn't a strong one, I'll say. But that's the same thing. If you have to think about it, then it's a no. Yeah. Pecorine, though, on the other hand, he built the Predators. Mm -hmm. Like, he was their guy for so long. I think other than, like, maybe Steve Mason, I don't think anybody off the top of their their head could name another goaltender for the Predators. Chris Mason? I I think you mean Chris Mason? uh, Mason, Yes. Chris Mason. Uh, Thomas Vokun, that's it. Yeah, okay, but mm, Vokun. Vokun was Vokun Vok, Vok, had a solid career, definitely not a Hall of Fame career. Yeah, and I think he's not still even well someone who would be in the discussion like Rene. What wasn't Vokun more known for Calgary though? No, no, he he was he was he was in Nashville for a long time, and then he went to Pittsburgh. Oh, Pittsburgh, that's what it was. I don't know who yeah. I was thinking of in. Um... I don't Kepersoff. know. It opens that door. Capri- I think you were thinking of Kepersoff. Kepersoff. Yeah. That was, oh, Kepersoff. That's who it was. That's that guy was it. dominant for a few years. Like, absolutely oh. dominant. Is and he actually, a Hall of Famer? Kepersoff? No. Okay. Fair. If you want another name, though, here, here's a um, here's another name for you, though, in the Corey Crawford style of debate. Mm-hmm. Anti Niemi. No. No. Because he's got the cup. And he had some solid years in Chicago and uh, some solid years in San Jose. He also, his career also cratered his last two Absolutely. years. Yeah. Absolutely. But are you going to hold two years against him? Because if you want to go find the worst two the years. Hall of Fame is supposed to be, yes. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's not, but it's not the Hall of Fame. It's the Hall of Very Good. Oh, It's the Hall of Very Good. So it kind of holds the argument. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after those names were announced, the New Jersey Devils announced a new three-year contract with an AAV of 3.15 for former Boston Bruin Eric Holla. Now, who won the trade? It's still Pavel Zaka. Uh, it's still the Bruins. It, it was still one for one. It's still one for one. It's The, the trade was one for one. <laughs> 
man, I, I, man, I, I, uh, I, I made some hay on that one. Um, <laughs> but seriously, good for Eric Halla. Um, did you know this comes with a ten-team no-trade clause? He actually has trade protection in this deal. I did not notice that part. Mm, I had not yep. seen that. Yup. Um, but three point one five. Like, do you think that means they're penciling him in at at third line left wing or third line center? He can play both. Um, that's what they're paying him for. They're paying him for that versatility, um, yeah. which he showed with which he showed with Boston, and he continued to show with. Uh, with the Devils, um, he's a good player. He's a and good you know player. Good, good for him. He's hopefully, not a scrub. <laughs> well, hopefully, too, with this, he can settle down a little bit too. Because let's not forget, he bounced around from Nashville to Vegas to Boston, then to New Jersey. Like he's been—I uh, think he was with this Florida is, for a little while. I believe this is his sixth team. Right. So hopefully, the guy can settle in a little bit and have a little bit of relaxation in one spot for a little bit without fear of getting traded. That's probably why he signed the extension, that trade protection. It's like, well, it's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, you gotta get, you gotta give me something. I'm tired of moving around. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you can fuck with them. You can put six of the teams that you've already played for on the trade list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can take me back to the places that I've already been who don't want me anymore. Right. Especially if you're Carolina. He has some bad blood over there. Oh man. By the way, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yep, six teams. Wow. Mm-hmm. Hopefully the kid can settle in. I just call him a kid. He's like a year he's younger. 32. Than he's 32. He's 32. He's a year How younger than you, Chris. Yeah, you know. Um <laughs> what? I don't. That's why I asked. <laughs> don't even get me started on kids right now, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mine's about to turn 14 in September in October. Oh, good luck. Have October. fun. Rip. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm so glad <laughs> I'm never having kids. Uh <laughs> um great segue. Great yeah. segue into the uh the other deal that was a major bomb that actually happened earlier today before we got on the mic. This was one of the ones that really helped us decipher the fact that yeah, let's let's sit down for a little while behind the mic. Another former national predator now gets moved. Ryan Johansson gets moved to the Colorado Avalanche with 50% of his re, uh, uh, salary retained by Nashville for the rights to Alex Galchenyuk. Mm. What do you think of that one? I think Colorado um, had some money laying around due to the Landeskog long-term injured reserve because he's not playing this. He's not playing this coming year. Right. Um, and wanted to shore up their center position. Because last year, remember, uh, the, their 2C was JT Comfer, who did an admirable job. He's, he's not, not a 2C. He's, he's not, not a 2C. Now, yeah. here's my question to you. Because there's, what, two years left on the Johansson deal. Yeah. 50% retained makes him, what, $4 bucks, right? 4.1, yep, to be exact. Mm-hmm. If it costs the rights of Alex Kelchenyuk. Uh, Katie, bar the door. Here's my question. What the hell was Boston offering? <laughs> or better yet, why weren't they? Well, there, there, there could be there could be some factors. Johansson is coming off a terrible season. His five would, on five. Would he still not help Boston though? Down the middle, I think he would have helped. Um, maybe the fact that maybe Boston didn't make an offer because maybe somebody's coming back. I'm hoping. Uh huh. 
I'm hoping. Right. Because for the rights to sign Alex Galchenyuk, what is the equivalent in the Boston organization right now for that? For the rights to sign Alex Galchenyuk? Yeah. Considering the you... season he had, the rights to sign Thomas Noshik. Okay. <laughs> you know, so you mean to tell me that Ryan Johansson for the RFA rights to Trent Frederick wouldn't have been a, a, a good deal for Boston? And I'm just oh, I think it would have been I think it would have been um uh I think it would have been a kind of a head scratcher considering <sighs> I just picked a random asset that we know they have that we know they can legitimately shop around and lose. Yes, it would have been probably the parts to a multi um like a multi-domino effect situation, but Johansson down the middle, now you have Johansson Zaka coil. Mm-hmm. Now you're not hurting with the fact that you don't have Bergeron and Krejci. And that's where I sit there and I go, if they didn't even make an offer or if they weren't in on this in some way, shape or form, I think one of them's coming back. Mm-hmm. That that's, that's one thing. That's one thing that that's definitely one um, aspect of it. Like I'm looking at Johansson's stats last year, though, last two years, though, uh, last year, he had 28 points in 55 games. Minus 12 13 assists. And year, before, year before, though, what did he do? Uh, I don't have that in front of me. 63 points in 79 games. Yeah. He's only 30 years old, which stunned the hell out of me because I thought he was much older than that. Right? He just what? He, I, I would have thought he was like 34. No, he's 30. He's going to be 31 on July 31st. Yeah. And his AAV would have been four million bucks. Mm-hmm. That's how that. Hmm. I think they That's sold low, and I think I think they sold low. I think Nashville sold low, and I think Colorado wanted to shore up their center position and decided to help them out a little bit because I think Nashville's clearing the decks for something. I don't Probably. know if it's big, but they're clearing the decks for something. Uh, oh boy! I think I... this might be you scratch my back, I scratch yours. Yeah, like it, like Trotz probably has something brewing out there in Nashville where he needed to make the move. He needed the extra four million bucks in cap, and so he was just like, "All right, fine. Now, you know, if we can get Galchenyuk to sign super cheap, great. If not, well, we got our asset four million dollars back. And you know what? Maybe that run is is to make some throw some cash at UC Soros for an extension, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or a oh, better man. backup for him. That guy, that guy, that guy's gonna get." fucking paid <laughs> after the season of the goaltender though with aiden hill and you mm-hmm. know um alex uh schmid what's his name out there in new jersey the way akira schmid akira schmid thank you schmid yep. whatever close enough Schmied. <laughs> he uh do you really need to go spend vasileski money bobrovsky money on a goaltender it just depends it just depends on the mindset of the organization so is someone like trot's going to be old school Probably. There you go. In his mind, he's probably gonna he's probably gonna he's throw gonna the four think. million bucks at uh Semyon Varmalmov. <sighs> Come back up sorrows for his last two years. <laughs> Before he goes off and finishes his career in the KHL. <laughs> right. Oh <laughs> uh, man. I Nashville's gonna be interesting to watch going forward, though. I think that opens up the part for them to be part of a three-team deal or something where they can retain some money and get another asset back. Mm-hmm. That's going to be very interesting to watch. And then obviously now the LA Kings in the draft, now that they have a second round pick in exchange, or actually it was 2024 
second round pick. Yeah, it's 2024. So I did not catch that. Right me, so we'll say this trade, and somebody, I'll, I'll pose a question to you that somebody posed to me that I thought was really interesting. We can discuss. So it's Sean Dursey, solid, solid, solid power play quarterback. Should probably play on a third pair on a good team, but in Arizona, he's probably going to get Goss to spare. He's going to be the Goss, their Goss to spare. So solid NHL player. Here's my question to you: Are we sure Arizona's allowed to have NHL players? No. Okay. Thanks. Next time. Not sure yet, but you know they have <laughs> they have more draft picks in this draft than they have actual rostered players. So I think this helped even that out. Yeah, I think now that number is is directly even. How much you want to bet that was Bettman going? We can't have that stat keep floating around there. You got to change something there. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, how much? I do you do you think that Bettman really has like? I mean, he he must like he must have his his grubby little paws and we'll we'll get to him he must have his grubby little paws all over the place on on that organization has to have something in that especially Mm -hmm. if it comes down to something like that that he thinks is making the league look bad like he he has no No, he just runs away from it i'm sorry well we'll get to that i'm so sorry (laughs) no 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 i said when when the league looks bad not Mm -hmm. when players look bad when the league looks bad i see yep got it yeah he he'll try and fix something like that. That's why you know when the league looked bad for the for the boat down in Arizona, he's like, no no no, we're just gonna try and find other options there. It's like, well no shit. Like mm-hmm. what the fuck else are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Come out and be like, no, we're gonna relocate the team and and try and put another one down there in a in a few years. Like, no, you're not gonna say that. Mm-hmm. You're gonna try and save face and act like you didn't have to do it, but yet you did do it. And God, just go away. Gary Bettman. Anyway, we'll, we'll we're going to put a pin in the in we'll, the Bettman we'll, conversation. We'll circle back to that, I think. Um, but Sean Dursey, mm. do you think the LA Kings moving on from Dursey means they're targeting a different defenseman? Sure. Mike and Riley, come you? on down. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Quinn, Riley, yeah. yes, I do. Yes, I do. Here for Quentin Byfield. Yeah, right. <laughs> book it, book it, Don. But no, I absolutely, absolutely do. Um, they are one more true top four defenseman away from really making noise and a goaltender away from really making noise. And, but they, they may, they, th- I think they think they found him in Corpus Allo. So I think cool. they're just, they're, they're going to try to go full send on a defenseman. This just clears room a little bit. What was the and AAV the for, what was the, what was the AAV for Jersey? Do you remember? Uh, not off the top of my head, but I know it's I, I know it's not expensive. I'm gonna try and pull it up. Uh there's the 1.7. And yeah, pretty it, good. Okay. So th- this does make some some sense though for Arizona because he's only 24 and he hits RFA next season. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're because clearly Arizona's not building for the 2023-24 season season mm-hmm. they're building for beyond that someone's gonna come along and snag vamelka out of there and if i'm if i'm at armstrong i'm like okay what you got because vamelka's legit he they he he was drowning but he's legit <laughs> right and vamelka's the kind of guy that you know because he's at 2.75 two yeah two mm-hmm. no 2.725 sorry He's yeah. the kind of guy that I sit there and I go, I need to make Linus Allmark look more appealing and be willing to retain half and knock him down to 2.5. Mm-hmm. 
because who would you rather have, Vimelka or Olmark? One's 27, one's 29, one's 5 mil, and one's 2.7 mil. I think I'd still rather have Olmark, but I'm not necessarily kicking Vimelka. I'm not necessarily kicking Vimelka out of bed here. Right. My, it, my point is, is it depends on what team I am. Yeah, sure. You know, if, if I'm a team like Ottawa, for instance, I'm mm-hmm. highlighting Karel Vamelka going, I can get him for two years under three mil. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, and of course, now the rumor is they're shopping Brady Kachuk to Florida right now. They're trying, you know, and that sounds more like Florida is the one picking up the phone, trying to get some Kachuk Kachuk magic going. That that is that that is one hundred percent Matt Kachuk driving himself into Bill Zito's office and saying, "Get me my brother." But it sounds like they're willing to offer up Alexander Barkov. I would love that trade. If I would love that trade, if I was Florida. Oh yeah, if I'm Florida. I really like Alexander Barkov. He had a terrible playoff. But here's the thing, though. If I'm Ottawa, why do I want another center? Um, does this sort of thing, this sort of thing bolsters your defensive, your defensive acumen in your forwards, and it may mitigate. But already got Claude Giroux. You already got Claude Giroux, but Giroux doesn't really play center these days. He plays no, wing. but defensive forward aspect i've got the the, mm-hmm. the center who can win a face off i can always slide Giroux over mm-hmm. because i would be replaced so i would going from i would go from having a top line of batherson kachuk and stutzla to stutzla kachuk and Giroux. or uh yeah stutzla Giroux and Barkov? No, because Barkov and Stutzler are going to both play center. By the way, mm-hmm. um, uh, Josh Norris also plays center. So you're already looking at Josh Norris can, down the middle with Tim Stutzler down the middle. What, Barkov is going to be your 3C for $8 million? Hmm. Do you put, do now, you put, Giroux, but, do you put Giroux back in Florida? <laughs> well, here's, my, here's the question. If they're willing to give up Barkov, that's when I pick up a third team, the phone, and call a third team. Who's looking for a center? Who's looking for an Alexander Barkov? Because if I'm Ottawa, I don't need the center. But I'm willing to help facilitate someone else who needs a center. Like, don't say Boston. <laughs> no, they would need the money retained, and Florida yeah. wouldn't do that. It doesn't make sense for Ottawa. It's all within. It the would division. be a three-team trade within the division. It would be so much of a cluster. It, just, it wouldn't even be worth it for Sweeney to get involved because they're not going right. to want to take what Boston wants to give up. Right. Like, so how far do you think these talks are? If... Well, here's the other thing too, is they could also look at making it a bigger issue by, you know, if you pick up the phone, get a third team involved. Well, now you can bring Alex to bring it into the conversation. Mm-hmm. And right now you'd be, you're trading his rights and his rights. Right. Exclusive negotiating rights. I mean, they're right now they're only for a week, but they're, they're for a week. But then you get to match anything that he's offered. Mm-hmm. So while you can sit there and go, we think your market is this. And he goes, fuck off. It's actually going to be this. And then when he gets three or four other offers and he comes back and he goes, fuck, you were closer mm-hmm. to right than I was. Then mm-hmm. then you get a steal on him. Mm-hmm. Like. 
I, I don't know. I just that that's almost like letting the market set itself for a guy like the Brinkett. Depending on who I am, that's a good risk reward. Do you stay in the division? Maybe if, a team if, like Detroit, uh, Detroit could help you out. Detroit really Detroit wants to bring it. They're going full and, court press. Well, and and the thing with Detroit too is they have other pieces to offer that could make sense. So mm-hmm. you're talking about the defensive liabilities down in Florida. If Barkov goes, we'll send David Perron the other way. Mm-hmm. You know he's right. he's not he's not Barkov. He's not Bergeron, but he's a solid two way forward. You know they they have Andrew Kopp under contract for another four seasons. You know, like I, you're not gonna get him to give up Dylan Larkin, but you're at least having a conversation with a guy like Perron, mm-hmm. who's a veteran, who's won a cup. By the way, let's not forget that that Stanley Cup champion, David Perron. Mm-hmm. You know, they can never so, kick you out of the club. And, and St. Louis is already working the phones, looking to try. And it sounds like um, they're on the phone with with Philly. Tory Krug is holding up a deal going to Philly because he don't want to go there. To be fair, that's why no no trade clauses exist, and good for Krug for saying I'm not going there. You can you, sit on sit it and spin. Now, if he's got the no movement clause, and you just saw Sean Dursey get moved, if you're Tory Krug, you sit there and go, "LA looks pretty good." Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's interesting. Um, by the way, uh, just real quick, um, I know this is NHL, but this is for a particular fan um, of the show. Her name is Mia. If you are hoping for Tory Crew to come back to the Bruins, let it go. Go yeah. away. <laughs> no, let it go. Let it go. Stop. Stop it. Stop untie it. it from untie the balloon from your wrist so it can float away. <laughs> yes. If you love something, let it go. Now, do you Thank think? You. If Krug is the one that's holding this deal up, do you think any part of it is because he doesn't want to go there? He wants to go to Boston. No, I think Krug. I think Krug is still feeling a little, a little, um, a little salty from uh, having the offer pulled. Yeah, but he still because he didn't want to give him the extra year. And you know what? He was fucking right about it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh for sure. And. <sighs> I mean, he's got the like, full no movement clause. So does every other defender that St. Louis can look to shop. They are they are hurting right now with all the no movement clauses Armstrong has given them. You know, it kind of looks like a, a a thing that Peter Shirelli once did to Boston. Mm-hmm. Cups hang forever, but man, sometimes they they, they that shit comes to collect, and they're coming to collect right now. <laughs> Cups hang forever, but so did no movement clauses. Yeah. Yeah, cups cups hang forever, and uh, so do you with all the rope you got. Good luck. And think about it. Justin Falk, 31. Tory Krug, 32. Colton Pareko, 30. Nick Letty, 32. Marco Scandella, 33. And they're all signed for over 3 mil. Pareko, Krug, and Falk, all over 6 mil. Six and a half each. How many of these are modified no trade clauses and how many of these are no movement clauses? Only Scandella's is modified and he has a seven team no trade list. The rest are all full no trade clauses. What was Armstrong thinking? I want to keep my decor together. Why? <laughs> I mean, think, I know well, why. Think about, but think about why? Who, think, about who, think about who's not on that list. Hmm. 
the guy who just lifted a cup in Vegas, Alex Petrangelo. <laughs> yep, that's right. There's a little salt for that no movement clause wound. Mm-hmm. If you're yeah, a, yeah, a, yeah the guy who now is has two Stanley Cup rings, Alex Petrangelo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and oh, by the way, Ryan O'Reilly, who went off to Toronto because you couldn't hang on to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? No trade clause, I think, hurts St. Louis the most. There's one that hurts worse than Tory Krug. Jordan Bennington. Wait a minute. That 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 penis has a no trade clause? He does. Full no like, trade clause. No, no, shut up. No, he doesn't. In three seasons. No, he Full doesn't. No trade. I I'm looking right at it. Yep. Smack and yourself. He's the in kind the head. of asshole. He's the kind of asshole. If you were to come up to him and say, So we got a trade go, he's like, Nope. No. Well, here's the thing. I want to stay here. Hold on. Before you even I'm call the no trade clause, who the fuck's saying, yeah, we'll take that dingus off your team? That's Stanley Cup winning Jordan Cup. That's Stanley Cup winning goaltender Jordan Bennington. That's Stanley Cup winning dingus Jordan Bennington. He's still a dingus. He's still <laughs> what a what a fucking penis. Oh. But what a I mean, and, and who's, is, a, who's, a, who's a who's a who's a bigger penis? Armstrong or Bennington? Who gives Bennington a no move clause? Armstrong. <laughs> I asked and answered. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> I mean, you, you did. They are, they are in. They are in trouble. They are in deep shit right now. Holy shit! I did not realize just how dire it was. I know a lot. Of, I knew a lot of them had no movements. I didn't realize that almost all of them did. Now and we, Bennington. Holy shit. They all do. And, and that's the thing is I think with Ryan Johansson getting moved, like I'm pretty sure he had no trade protection. So that was part it. of it. He waived it though. Uh, yeah. He had a no movement clause. So he waived it to go to Colorado, which why the fuck wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. his age. Get me out. Get, get me out. Get the rebuilding. Get me out of here. I don't want to be in a rebuild. Which 4. is fair 2. to him. Which is AAV that went over. Uh, oh no. They only retained four mil. So, okay. And then they have $250,000 retained on Matias Ekholm. Let's see. I mm-hmm. Right now, they have $19 million in cap space. Nashville? 19.5. Nashville does. Mm-hmm. I wonder. I, I wonder if this was a move. Because think about it. They just got the second round pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would have been 2024. Four, right? Uh, wait, Nashville. You talking about Nashville, right? Or are you talking about Nashville? Yeah. About? Oh yeah. No. Yeah. No. Nashville just got a shitload of picks from the Janot deal. Remember? And they just got a shitload of picks from the Janot deal. So they got two first rounders this year, two second rounders, three thirds, three fourths, and two fifths. That's all this year. Mm-hmm. So that that gives they them did what needed to be done. To move up, but it mm-hmm. also gives them those extra assets. Think about this. What's another big name defenseman who's gonna need money retained in order to move? Who they're shopping like a fucking madman right now. There's a few of them right now because a lot of people are being aggressive. Who you got? Oh, okay. Who 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 are you thinking of? There's one in particular I'm thinking of. Who are you thinking of, bud? Eric Carlson. <sighs> you think they're clearing clearing space for Carlson? Maybe not for him to be on their roster. But they have now just positioned themselves to be able to retain some money on that deal and get a free asset. 
Mm-hmm. We, if they if they include a second round pick going back the other way in the retention, they can get another first round pick from San Jose for next season or one for this season. Mm-hmm. If you have such a deep draft, I would look at it and be like, I got three thirds this year, package a third, send it over. We'll take a, a third of the salary. So you ship him to us first. We keep a third of the salary. We send him to team X for you. You include an additional first round pick and we'll send you a third for this year. Mm-hmm. They are primed to do something like that. And I wouldn't put it past trots to get that creative because a third of that salary for Carlson is about What's 4 million bucks. Yeah. A third of 11. That's three. I think it's 11.5. Yeah. yeah. It's 11.5. 11.5 divided by three is it's under four. So With what you just cleared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're no worse off, but you just got a free. I mean, even if they gave you a second and you gave them a fourth, like you're still, you're still, you're moving up in the draft. You're moving up like over 60. Right. Now you have, now yeah. you have three thirds, three seconds and two firsts. Package all that to call package all that to Chicago. Get Bedard. Right. Do right by Bedard. No, <laughs> um, we'll actually, give you three, three thirds, three seconds and two firsts for Connor Bedard. Deal done. <laughs> all up. Um, call up Montreal. See if you can jump up ahead of Washington and take Mitch Koff. Oh, that would, that would fuck. Oh, that would be a good, that would be a great. And then you just say, come over when Askarov is ready. Mm-hmm. Yep. You and him can be buddies on the team. That's a, that's a, that's man. Your mind's what your brain's working right now. I, so, I know we're going to talk a lot more about the draft on the day of the draft, mm-hmm. but I'm hearing, hearing that. Mm-hmm. Anaheim is seriously considering Carlson at two, which Leo Carlson. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't, I just, I can't see that. Would you really pass on Fintilli? Carlson is a higher floor player. And I think if there's something to be said about Verbeek, he's kind of safe. He deals with the same teams a lot. And I think with this, this is his first real draft where he's so high up. I He seems like a very risk-averse general manager. So you could see him doing it. I could definitely see him doing it. I could see Carlson going at two, Fantilli at three. Oh, yeah, you can't pass on Fantilli if you're if, – well, here's the thing, though. At that point, you're it's Columbus. Third yeah, Fantilli, pick. thanks. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, but look at the depth on that team at that point. I if if I if I'm them, right? I'm seriously looking at that slot going if I end up with Fentilli at 3. Oh, fire sale for that pick just opened up. It's an auction, baby. <laughs> oh. Oh yeah, okay. As good as Fentilli is going to be, you already have Roslovich, Jenner, Corrali. Uh, Texier, Johnson, Sillinger, is, is all who can play center back this year. That's kind of a big deal. Is Texier coming back this year? Because he took a year off. He's under contract, but he took a year off to come back home to go back home to France. Is he coming back? Fair. Do we know that? Well, yeah. okay. So then, let's say you take Fantilli. So now your mm-hmm. your top line center would be Jack Roslovich still. Mm-hmm. Boone Jenner, you got Gaudreau and Line A. So you, your your top line would be Roslovich, Line A, Gaudreau. Fair? Yes. 
hell of a first line. <laughs> no, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Patrick Line, Johnny Gaudreau, and Jack Roslovich. Sign me up for that one. Roslovic is easily the third best player on that line, but a lot of people have made 11 doing that. And then you have Boone Jenner, Eric Robinson, Oof. Kent Johnson, Kirill Marchenko, Cole Sillinger. Like, you need a little bit more help up front, but it ain't down the middle. I don't know, man. I think Fintilli would be a really good 2C out of the gate. You think he's NHL ready, though? That's tough. I think. Would you rather have Kent Johnson as your 2C after having already been in the league for a year? He's Mm -hmm. 20 20 years old now, Mm -hmm. or Adam Fintilli? Probably Kent Johnson, but I think Fantilli, but I, I Fantilli's got some dynamic skill. So does Kent Johnson. That so, would be this would create a this would create a high class problem for Columbus. Shop Roslovich. <laughs> yeah, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> the other guy who wanted to be there. No, no, no. I'll play, I'll play right wing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I got it. I got it. So wait a minute. You know what this does? If say Carlson goes at two, we, we don't wanna we don't wanna completely blow our load before Wednesday. But if Carlson goes on, goes at two, Ventilli goes at three. That mean, but then that also means they still got Cole Sillinger. They still got Cole Sillinger, Ventilli and Ken Johnson. And Sillinger can rebound. He had a bad sophomore year, but he can rebound definitely. For sure. I would expect him to have a good solid rebound. His rookie season was too good not to. So that's that's where you sit there and you go, we can shop one of them. But fourth pick. Does Mitchkoff fall to does Mitchkoff fall that far? I think he drops further. If I, I, okay, if you're Montreal <laughs> and you don't take Mitchkoff, here's what I would be doing though. If I'm them during those first four picks while I'm watching Mitchkoff stay on the board, mm-hmm. I'm calling Washington. Mm-hmm. I'm shopping my pick to Washington because you know they're looking at this kid going, if we can put him across from Ovechkin, mwah, we've got it made. If we can put him across from Ovechkin, he may j- th- that may entice the KHL to be like, you know what, you can, you can, we'll get you out of that contract. Right. And if I'm, if, if I'm the, uh, the Canadiens, I'm seriously looking over Washington and I'm sitting there going, hey, you know what? I've heard Tom Wilson's available. And I'm <laughs> not saying it's a one-for-one. can one. get fair value for him, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. But it's also not one-for-one. One. The pick, like the fourth overall pick for Tom Wilson? No, 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 no. I would push and I would try and go get a guy, you know, from the defensive side as well. Someone who's mm-hmm. locked in for the fourth overall pick. Washington wants to get the guy that might not fall to them at eight. I'm dangling, asking for Carlson and Wilson, two guys they're trying to offload. Mm-hmm. Two guys that can help at, if I'm Montreal, oh, I need that grit. I need that grit. And, and I need some sort of stabling presence on my on my back end. Exactly. And... I'm in a position where I can go, by the way, retain 50% of John Carlson, repay, re- retain a third of him. I could name, I could name 15 to 17 teams off the bat that would take John Carlson 50% retained. Right oh, now. for sure. Four million right bucks. Now. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. 
But you're not taking him for eight. No. Four? It, Give it. What about six? Less enthusiastic, but give it. So, but but here's the thing: if I'm Montreal, I have the cap space to do it. I can mm-hmm. take him on at six. I can take on Wilson for a year at five point one seven, one point five point one six seven, whatever the fuck you want to round it to, wherever you want to <laughs> stick the seven. Tell you where to stick the seven. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, or if if you don't really want to be so upfront about oh, retain money, retain money. Okay, fine. I'll take Trevor Van Riemsdyk instead. His AAV is three. So now mm-hmm. I'm going to take eight, eight million bucks off your books. You can go back and see if Orloff wants to come back and play for you. Now mm-hmm. you have, <laughs> you get your Mitch cough and mm-hmm. I get your eighth overall pick. I get Tom Wilson and I get Trevor Van Dreamstyke. Deal. It makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. But, um, I'm oof. Mishkov is really good. He's going to be really good. If you're Montreal, I think he might be better than Slavkovsky ends up being. The problem is, is you have Slavkovsky now. Slavkovsky, you don't necessarily have Mishkov right now. You mm-hmm. may have to wait two, three seasons for him because mm-hmm. from my understanding, Montreal hasn't been able to connect with him all that much. Mm-hmm. They won't be able to talk to him too much until the day of the draft, mm-hmm. like in the couple days leading up to it. So for me, if I'm Montreal, I look at that and I go, which one's the safer bet? Slavkovsky, the young kids that I have now already with a year under their belt. Let me get them some support in Tom Wilson, you know, because Tom Wilson would be what a top six forward on that team still. Probably. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, Tom Wilson, Stanley Cup winning Tom Wilson. <laughs> bring yeah. a little bit of winning pedigree with him. Was Van Riemsdyk on that team too? Was, Van Riemsdyk is Van Riemsdyk is another like a bottom pair steadying play steadying player. He may be playing a little bit over his station in Montreal, but but was he, he on had, that Capitals team that won the cup? I believe so. Yes. So you're bringing in some winning pedigree with that too. By the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and and actually, if you if you really want to, depending on what they want to reset, you don't even have to take the defenseman. You can take Darcy Kemper off their hands. What's that? What's in it for them, though? What do they What do they have? What do they? They have? don't have goaltending. Yeah, they're they're stuck with Jake Allen and Sam Montembo. <laughs> and I think Jake Allen's a UFA. I think you're right. Yeah. And Montembo's only got one year left on his deal. So, and he's like at a million bucks or something. And I, okay, fine. Maybe they like Motembo. They really, they really do. They really do like Motembo. Montembo. But he, but Kemper has four seasons. He's also a Stanley Cup winning goaltender. <laughs> and he's a Stanley Cup winning goaltender. Yeah. If you have Motembo and Kemper signed for the next four seasons with what you have in front of them in Montreal, mm-hmm. it's not terrible. Mm-hmm. It's not terrible. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing is right now they're trying to go from a team that had the number one overall pick to contending in the playoffs. So you're you're really you know they aren't that far. Last year they were just riddled with injuries. Mm-hmm. They had so many injuries. It just it it became almost humorous. Right. Um, but we wanted to keep this one short. 
So do you have anything else? We have one final topic to get to, but do you have anything else on the trade front? Um, hopefully by the time that, the, you know, by the time this drops, hopefully um, tomorrow, nothing, else has, Monday, happened. nothing <laughs> has happened overnight. If it has our bad, uh, yeah. we are recording this on Saturday evening. So hopefully I can get it edited up and uh, out tomorrow morning. And um, yeah, well then we'll hopefully have some more information come draft night. But before we get to our final topic, did you have anything else on the trade front? Anything that uh, you, you hope to see brewing? I know we haven't talked too much about the Flames, but it just seems like they're doing their job. Shopping names, seeing what they can get. See, testing Shopping names for names that don't want to be there. So good. Like good for them. Like good for them for good for Craig Conroy. By the way, you got to feel for Craig Conroy a little bit, being like, "I just got here." I'm like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> he's got some names though that 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 can bring him something. Mm-hmm. So he's he's doing everything right, and the fact that we haven't heard anything is close really means he's holding it all to the chest, mm-hmm. which good for him. To your for sure. point, the Ke- uh, so the, the the Kevin Hayes deal to St. Louis that just hasn't happened yet because of the Krug situation, right? Supposedly, yeah. So what I saw was that it was it was seven-player deal, three-team trade. Mm-hmm. Tory Krug was holding it up because he doesn't want to go to Philly. Right. Everything else was done. And so now the latest I've heard is that Philly is trying to find a place that they can shop him to, mm-hmm. which may make it a four-team deal. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But you know what? I'm all for it, baby. I'm um so I'm reading some trade clauses real quick for for Philly and Cap Friendly just posted Philly's no no trade list. Um, I can't believe I'm saying this, but did you know that Nick Delorier has a 12 team no trade clause? Um, I feel like I knew that. I didn't Nick Delorier has know a 12 team no trade clause. <laughs> I didn't know it was 12, but I feel like I knew he had a modified one. I mean, think about it. it. If it makes someone feel better and sign the contract, if you're willing to do a 15-team no-trade list, that just shuts off half the league. Mm-hmm, so, right. okay, I really don't want to go here, here, and here, and I don't want to go to the teams that suck. Right. If you're a guy like Nick Delorier, that's fine with me. I'll give you that. It, it's just, the illusion of control. That's just so funny to me. Oh, my God. It's the um, illusion of control. Yeah. The only other thing that I can think of is that uh, Jordan Stahl signed a new contract. Oh, that's right. Multi-year deal. Four years for a 35-year-old center. Four years, 2.9 million AAV, full 32-team no-movement clause. Rod the Bod's got his binky back. Rod the Bod's got his binky, yep. But don't worry, they weren't swept. No, they weren't. Nope, nope, didn't happen. Remember... Remember Anything's a lie if you, if you believe it. It's not a lie, right? <laughs> That's what it is. He believes it, and in his mind, it's not bullshit. Yeah, exactly. So, but you know what is bullshit? Hmm. The league taking a giant, giant step back. <laughs> I know you're rolling your eyes. You know where I'm going with this. Gary <sighs> Bettman making the announcement: zero specialty jerseys going into next season. You sniveling little coward. You sniveling, no stance taking, absolute fucking coward. 
in trying to cow in trying to alienate no one, you've alienated everyone. Great this for everyone except everyone. Except everyone. What are we doing? What? My favorite comment about this, my favorite comment about this, by the way, if, if anybody's under any pretense that this wasn't about the pride jerseys, this is about the fucking pride jerseys. This is all about the pride jerseys. This is well, nothing here, let me ask you this. If you think it's not about the pride jerseys, all right, here's my question to you. Name any other specialty jersey that a single player refused to wear. Done. It's End about the pride jerseys. It's about the pride jerseys. So my favorite comment about this is like you know a bit to someone say oh there'll be no there will be no more pride jerseys and some and some doohickey on fucking instagram went well there better be military appreciation jerseys and it's like nope. well you kind of did this <laughs> that is a no sir well, no military. no 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 it's a specialty jersey none of them will be worn zero of them, of them. And this hurts the league. This hurts the league in the sense of there's this artists, local artists. Well, so the local artists are still going to be able to design jerseys. They just won't be worn during warmups. They're still going to get sold for charity. That they won't be will worn during warmups. Shrink the visibility of local artists. One oh, of the best the, things. One of the best things that the Vancouver Canucks have ever done is Indigenous Night, and Honestly? every year. I want to I want to see a handful of teams say fuck that and do it anyway. Nash, I think I think Nashville's kind of leaning towards that a little bit after after that announcement. But here's their entire day today. Their entire day today was was a Nashville Pride Parade and and showing clips of Nashville players at the Pride Parade because they have an openly gay prospect in Luke Luke Procrop. But here's what they should do. Start by doing it for military appreciation military appreciation day, mm. because then no one's gonna throw a bitch fit about it. People are gonna right. be like, "Yeah, they're still doing it because it's the military." Yay, hooray for Nashville! And then Pride comes along and they do it again anyway, and then they <laughs> get to sit there and go, "You you were okay with it for that, but not for this. Why?" Yeah, right. Who's the bad guy here? Hey, Batman, who fucked up? Batman is a sniveling fucking coward. Because he, 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 I will, I will say this. Mm. He isn't wrong about one thing. All right. He's not wrong about one thing when it comes to this. The focus became the player not wearing the jersey. And then when he completely 86 to this program, the focus became the players not wearing the jersey. You exactly. fixed nothing. He made it. He made them take a step back. He yes. he had the chance to sit there and go, "This is our new approach. They're gonna do the jerseys. They're gonna wear the jerseys. If a player doesn't want to wear the jersey, we aren't gonna force them. They mm-hmm. are gonna have to deal with the consequences. They are gonna have to answer to the media because of their decisions. And if they come off looking like a total dingus jackass, like the fucking Stall brothers and like fucking James Reimer." Then and Ivan Provorov, them. and I, Ivan Provorov as well. But you know what? People got over. People got over Provorov mm-hmm. much quicker than they did the Stall brothers because the Stall brothers have worn them before. <laughs> There's no image of me wearing one. Hey, uh, buddy, the internet don't fucking lie. We got. Five There's no image of here. me wearing one while a reporter shows him an image of him wearing one. That right. was my one of my favorite moments of this year, where he was like, "Oh, oh, 
Right. Eric, it's right here. Please explain. Please explain. James Reimer, please explain. Like, if, if they want to come off and look like a total jackass, I get it. They represent the league. They represent their team. But you know what? When they're the only ones who are doing it, they're representing themselves. Sure. They are standing out. And I understand. Something, something a dick won't fly into your ass. Something, something. <laughs> right. I understand the fear of political retribution. I understand it. I'm I'm not saying it's entirely yeah. dismutable. But if that's your reasoning for it, let's say that was Provorov's reason. He comes out, he says, I don't feel safe wearing it given the way things are going right now culturally across the globe. Everyone is going to read that as he doesn't feel safe because of Vladimir Putin. Mm-hmm. And everyone's going to sit there and go, yeah. and everyone's going to sit there and they're going to go, he's doing what he has to do. Remember when Artemi Panarin took uh, two months off? Mm-hmm. Yep. Nobody, nobody gave him shit for it. But he invoked, but Provorov invoked religion. Right. He went and stuck it on religion, yep. which, whoops. Reimer invoked religion. The Stahl brothers invoked religion. And they invoked the, I've never done that before. Um, See, getting caught in a lie made it 10 times worse. <laughs> so. Way worse. Way worse. And and if they want to sit there, if, if the question is posed to them, well, why did you wear it before? You know, oh, well, I have a stronger faith in whatever now and fine, whatever. Fine. But you're owning it. You mm-hmm. have to own it if that's what you're going to do. Now, instead, the league is basically giving them all permission to just say, fuck it. Mm-hmm. And they shouldn't do that because you have a campaign called Hockey is for Everyone. Mm-hmm. And you literally just told everyone, eh, maybe. Right. Hockey is for everyone. Maybe. Hockey is for everyone, but there are some conditions. Right. That's not for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it can be for you. It can be for you. You just have to sort of. uh, You have to conform. Conform to this and this and this. Right. And. And Gary Bettman. Is. For a man that is objectively an intelligent man, Gary Bettman is an intelligent man, which makes him doing dumb shit even more infuriating. <laughs> Honestly, in some in some cases, it's fucking hilarious because this was so easy, so easy for him to just say, "We're not changing anything. If a player doesn't want to wear the jersey, that's their right. That's all you mm-hmm. have to say. That's mm-hmm. their right." If but, they get asked about it, they have to answer for it because that's called life. Mm-hmm. Those are the consequences of your decisions. So now, but now Gary Bettman is like, it's a, it's a, so I guess, you know, if I take it to take some away, you take everything away. You don't have to take anything away. But just take a stance. Be about something. Well, they did. Their stance is hockey is for everyone. And Except you, you know what this is? He is now Homer Simpson in the meme where he's backing into the bush. He, he comes out and he goes, hockey is for everyone. And now he's just backing into the bush. God, I can't wait for the day to come for Gary Bettman's balls to drop. 
Oh, it's gonna be great. You say that like he has some. Oh my god! No, they're, they're fucking tucked under. They're they're shriveled up under in like you know where they, divided into thirty two fucking bags. No, you know where they they're, are. They're all in Arizona. Oh my god! <laughs> Just in the desert with like a they're, little fucking. They're in the desert looking for where they can put a rink. Oh my god, oh my god. Uh, Gary Bettman, just best sport, worst league, man. That's what this is. This is another case of best sport, worst league. Is it time for Bettman to go? It's been time for Bettman to go for the last decade, man. No, 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 no. Scratch that. No, no, no. It's been time for Bettman to go for the last 19 years. But what see, was 19 problem- years ago? The other, the, the fucking lockout that took out an entire season. Yeah, but you know what else no. brought us since then, though? The shootout. <laughs> no, expansion. Billions in expansion dollars. Vegas, Seattle, Winnipeg re-becoming Winnipeg. Like, and Great. guess and, and And you just had an evaluation for part, part of the Tampa Bay Lightning at $1.4 billion. It's that does what the owners want him to do, but you want to know something? I'll counter. I'll counter this. Put another schmo in there. Anybody could do that job, sort of, sort of. Because what Bettman does do is he takes all the heat. He plays the villain the way the villain needs to be played. He, I, we don't, but we don't have to like it, man. You. He he is the commissioner we need, not the commissioner we want. I hate this argument. What has but he done? He's helped grow the sport. Has he made mistakes along the way? Sure. He's anybody made a would. lot of mistakes. Anybody would. And his mistakes are going to be exemplified. But you know what? He has grown the league. And we are now talking about, what, four, five, six more U.S. cities for organizations for expansion? Mm-hmm. Maybe not next year. But in the next 15, 20 seasons, you have five more teams join. That's right now. If all five joined in the next five years, that's a $5 billion influx. Because that's what those teams are going to go for. Probably more with inflation. Probably more. Mm -hmm. But right now you're looking at a minimum of about $5 billion just thrown into the pot. That would do a lot for your salary cap problem, by the way. I was just going to mention that one. Now, mm-hmm. I know the escrow is a problem, the way he's handling that. Again, mistakes are made along the way. He can make up for that, though. He doesn't have to make up for it this season. Once he's able to officially say the escrow is paid off, there's he can just have the cap jump the maximum next year and the maximum the year after that, and everybody doesn't give a, give a shit anymore. I just can't in good conscience just defend like to be a meat shield. You're saying that Gary Bettman's main job and main job that he does very, very well along with the, along with the expansion, like, like there is the Arizona missteps. There is the, there is the, the ownership missteps with Spanos and the six different owners for Arizona in the last 20 years. And there's this, there's the, but you know what? He made up for the the ownership errors, Bill Foley in Vegas. And what's his name up in Seattle? I mean, that other guy. 
I, I don't remember who the owner is up there. I don't remember who the owner of the Kraken is, is either. But, you know, Fo- Foley is just so well known for his prediction of Cup in six years, and he just got it. So, you know, mm-hmm. the name's going to stick with you. But right. it, it, he's nailed a few of them. You know, you've had some old decrepit names since the fucking dawn of day in the NHL. You know, and I, and I know Jeremy Jacobs has been in there for so long. He seems like one of them. But it, it the owners have proven one thing. Most of them, anyway, have proven mm-hmm. one thing. Mm-hmm. They're willing to spend to the cap. Most and of them. Even most proven. of them. And you can thank Jeremy Jacobs for the, the uh, fact that that exists. But you know what? I can't even fault Jacobs for that because that's what creates the parody in the league. Sure. That's why the LA Kings were so dominant for so long. And then they sucked for a while. (laughs) That's why the Detroit Red Wings that what they did with Zetterberg and Datsuk after what they had with Iserman and Chelios and that crew, like, they were in the playoffs for 20, what, 26 straight seasons? Something like that, yeah. How the fuck do you do that with a salary cap? Mm-hmm. What's the closest thing we've seen to that? The Vegas Golden Knights missing the playoffs once in six years? Mm-hmm. How like, about the Bruins missing the playoffs twice in the last... Um, 20-something? Twice since 07. So that's 16 years. Yeah. That's still not... Making the playoffs in the same is almost 26 in a row. Mm-hmm. And the cap is a good thing. And that's part of why. Because now look at Detroit. Now you're sitting there going, well, it, it, they're the Detroit Red Wings. They should be able to just throw all this money at them. And mm-hmm. if they if there was no cap, Toronto would have seven cups right now. Right. But yeah, competitive it creates competitive balance. But instead, they're seven and uh oh wait, no, that's right. They're oh and seven. <laughs> in the last seven years in getting to the cup. In hey, at least they won around this year. It's a consolation prize. They played Tampa. The, Tampa. A, a, a very, a very spent Tampa team who outplayed. Them. <laughs> they were so spent that their one trade deadline acquisition that cost them five picks. Tanner Janot was injured. Mm-hmm. Their trade deadline acquisition got hurt. Anyway, um, we were going to try and keep this short. So we do have the live show coming up on draft night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe the draft kicks off at 7 Eastern. So we'll probably hit the airwaves around 630 or so um, shortly before the first pick. Mm-hmm. And um, any any final thoughts here? Uh, Gary Bettman can puck off. <laughs> Welcome back <laughs> to Puck Off. My name that is Adam <laughs> That intro was terrible, but that was the point. <laughs> <laughs> we may want to just put that one back at the very end. Uh, anyway, we, we, could, we could bookend it. We can bookend it. I think that's the best option. 